Hopefully, it's scaring a Sharon coming at yeah. Yep, it's the place where we share our scares. As always, it is I, Jeremy, the original Sasquatch Slim Rusk, and it's me, Brandy Joe, the Flame and Scream Queen, Planback, at your service. And we're here to talk about some horror movies. Uh, yep, every week we give each other a movie that we haven't seen before. We watch it, we talk about it, we share it with you, and, you know, we just talk about a bunch of shit. And we have fun. And we have a gay old time. Gotta have fun, man. That's right. The little It's the little things in life. Ghouls just want to have fun. Ghouls just want to <laughs> have fun. <laughs> How was your week, Jeremy? Uh, not, not too bad, I guess. Uh, you know, we're still living in the plague time world so it's almost like every day year. almost a year every day feels the same still so it's kind of like thank god this helps me demarcate my weeks doing this podcast like uh it's very helpful so at least there's one thing to look forward to that's true and we have some like kind of big news there is this really cool event that planet ant does we're a part of planet ant podcasting network but planet ant is this cool community out of hamtramck michigan they do a whole bunch of amazing things they have a theater and well, really two theaters in hamtramck and every saturday they do strange cinema saturdays on discord where they watch one or two movies watch a bunch of weird shorts you vote on the movies for the following week it's really so much fun and we're going to be co-hosting it on saturday march 6th really the movies are going to be jeremy's movies because like i told him he is strange cinema saturday i, like I live i live strange cinema <laughs> i love weird bad the good the bad and the ugly so the movies are really going to come from his canon but we're both gonna be there sort of you know providing our voices to the evening and we'd love for you to be there so on our little link tree which you can get to on our instagram um bio or hit us up ask for if you can't find it there is a link to find planet ant on discord you can come to Strange Cinema Saturdays every Saturday, starting at six o'clock. The movies usually start around seven. You vote on what to watch the following week. So please come and check it out. It's an amazing community and weird movies and good times. And if people care that much, so you know, February the 27th then is when the trailers I pick will be shown for viewers to vote on which movie. And I have got some classics in there i'm ready to drop them on everybody and watch the battle begin for which which b movie we're going to watch so if you want to vote that's on the 27th of this month awesome so by the time you hear this it'll be the next day so sorry for the short notice guys but get all up in there but get on it get on the discord Yep, and huge props out to Mike McGettigan, who really runs the whole night and does an amazing job. We both attended last week, and it was just a delight. So please check it out. A lot of fun. 
Nico hit me up about this new Running Man film adaptation in the works. You know about this? Yeah, that's what I was going to talk about for news. Thanks, Nico. Well, go for it. Take it away, because I don't really know much about any of all that. I just knew it was a thing. All I knew about it was that uh, it looks like it's, I want to say, you know, you want to say Running Man remake, because there's already an iconic Running Man movie, the one with, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, which is just a cheesy sci-fi 80s action movie based on Stephen King. If I remember, the book was actually written under his pseudonym of Richard Bachman. Bachman. But yeah, no, they're doing a new adaptation with Edgar Wright of Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, World's End fame uh, directing it. So that should be interesting. And that's Do you think it's going to have a comical vibe? Like <laughs> of course, everything Edgar Wright does has some sort of uh, comedic vibe to it. No matter, I don't think anything he's done is deadly serious. Not that it, that's bad, but he's always got levity in it. So I love that angle. It's like a, a futuristic game show sort of thing. Oh, absolutely. It's like that's like the story. It, it's like gladiators that. stuff. You know, it's convicts get thrown into an arena together and fight to the death, and they're all like. There's various over-the-top, like, cyborg characters in there because it's in the future. So they're all, like, colorful characters in their own right, each each uh, contestant. So Okay. The, the movie, the original movie's got the awesome uh, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger one-liner where he's got, like, this big power drill thing and he runs a guy through with it and he goes, hey, screw you, and shoves it through the guy. So classic. All right. Well, I'm intrigued. <laughs> Yeah, should be good. I mean, I'm all for big drills. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Just like Tetsuo the Iron Man. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> uh oh. Always a sore subject. What, any other horror news? Oh, for the collectors out there, physical media, I know that Severin Films I believe they're a British distributor doing, you know, DVDs and Blu rays of some weird cult stuff. Uh, they're supposed to be putting out a box set of hard-to-find Christopher Lee movies that were done in the 60s, 70s, into the 70s maybe. There was a period of time where Christopher Lee was doing a lot of horror movies in like Germany and Italy and, you know, continental Europe, if you will. Uh, And some of them, you know, some of them are very highly acclaimed by like horror fans, but they've always been hard, you know, to find uh, in the United States or outside of Europe, outside of the countries they were made in. So they're putting together a box set of a bunch of this stuff that's all supposed to be some some gems in there. I bet you're horny for that. I absolutely am. I'm like, I must own it. <laughs> I love Christopher Lee and I love weird Euro movies, especially from like that time period. So I don't know that I've seen a single Christopher Lee film. Oh my God. And he's made like a hundred million movies while yeah. he was, you know, around. I don't even know if I've seen a... A Vincent Price movie. Like, there are these icons that I don't know that I've seen a single one of their films. Well, but I know who they are. Yeah, with Christopher Lee, you didn't, you've never seen The Lord of the Rings? Oh, I have seen Lord of the Rings. I guess yeah. I didn't even know that he's he was, in those. you know, he was Saruman in those movies. So, the evil if you wizard. say so, the okay. evil wizard, Saruman. The, the well, white. then I, I lied. I have seen a movie. So, you've probably seen some, of, and he's been in a few Tim Burton's in like cameos. So, you've probably, I imagine, you've seen. Okay. Him. You've probably seen him, but maybe not one of his like starring vehicles from the classic period where one of his like uh, horror movies. Yeah, his his Dracula's like his Dracula's were pretty good. He played Dracula. Okay. I think he's still got the record for playing Dracula the most number of times of any actor. Oh. Uh, interesting. And he, and he did it well. You know, he was he was badass and scary. So Okay. So maybe we'll have to cover one of those. Perhaps. Perhaps we shall. What did you watch this week? 
And that's really too much. Um, I'm still whittling away at In Search of Darkness because every time I sit down to watch it, it's like an hour at a time because this thing is so long that I'm like, okay, I'll watch it for a minute and uh, uh, get further along here. One thing I do want to say though is like, sorry, people that run like blogs and stuff. Like I love the interviews with like the actors uh, and the directors, you know, the little talking head parts of actors yeah. and directors and stuff that were involved in these movies. But then you have all these people that run like horror movie blog sites and news sites and like the stuff they say is just not as interesting as having the actual uh, performers. So that's like, so far that's my one grievance, I guess. Yeah, I don't even remember that. It's been like a year now since I saw it, so. Yeah, cause there's a lot, there's like, you know, people that run different news sites or like YouTube channels and stuff. And like, they just kind of regurgitate like, it's probably because I already know what they're saying because they are the ones that are like regurgitating like, well, when this movie was made, what happened behind the scenes? You know, they're th that kind of info at you, like the history of it. And it's like, yeah, I know this because I know all these movies. But but I do enjoy the, you know, Tom Atkins actor, great character actor. He's in there a bunch of times, like watching him talk about Halloween 3, which, you know, he was the hero of is, you know, he's just he's a fun guy to see uh, chat about these things. So he seems like he has fun. Yeah, I can't wait to get part two. It should be here soon. Although I haven't got a notification that it's being shipped, but it was supposed to be shipped after February 14th. So mm, soon enough, I want it to get enough. here. It was my birthday this past week. So I had a long weekend. I took some days off. Oh, nice. And so I got I watched more than I typically would in a week because I had a little extra time on my hands. Mm. Plus we had like some major snow here in Michigan. My car is still stuck in our driveway. I can't get it out. Mm -hmm. There's so much snow underneath it that it won't move. Like, <laughs> so. Yeah, that happened to me the other day. I had to take uh, Sarah's car uh, out, my wife's car out, and I got stuck in the bottom of our driveway. Yeah. Spent, we spent like half an hour getting unstuck. So. So as opposed to spending all that time getting it unstuck, I'm just like, well, I guess I'm just stuck here. So yeah. it's fine. <laughs> the one thing we watched that was really interesting, and it's it's debatable whether it's horror or not, but we watched the, I think it's called Crime Scene, the mystery oh. of the hotel or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's on Netflix. It's a four-part documentary about the Lisa Lamb case. Yes, yes. Which has always been a case that is fascinated me because me that video is so fucking creepy if you haven't seen it check it out of her in the elevator like the last footage of her before she disappeared and was later found in the water tank on the roof it's like many netflix documentaries it's a little too long like it could mm -hmm. have been two or three episodes as opposed to four but i did feel differently about everything when it ended as i did before i went into it so mm -hmm. i mean i'm not going to talk about all that because i think you should watch it and come up with your own feelings but there's definitely some creepy things in it and some really weird synchronicities that are just bizarre mm -hmm. and then the whole cecil hotel i mean all the creepy shit that's happened it's, there it's a legend now it's a living urban legend it definitely so. is i saw in some of the true crime like communities i'm on on facebook some people really hate this thing this documentary uh you're oh, talking really? about yeah where i don't know they feel like it leaned too into like exploitative and sensationalistic stuff i guess like hmm. the supposed supernatural elements which i'm sure are not like you know real but uh, but i mean that's always what i've thought and yeah like, i've just been fascinated by it and i knew some of the details but i feel pretty definitive after watching it where where i what stand happened? on the whole what matter happened? yeah but it is directed by joe berlinger 
Yeah, I know him. Who did Paradise Lost? Have you ever watched yes. Paradise Lost? Oh, God. Talk that's about a, a creepy fucking documentary. Brutal documentary. And there's like three of them, and I've only seen the first one. Me too. And I'm, but I am familiar, of course, with, you know, West Memphis 3's case. Yes. Finally, they're, you know, they, in recent time, they'd finally been released from prison, which was, you know, huge, a, a huge thing for uh, justice you know, true justice. There's a movie with fucking Reese Witherspoon. It must be horrible because no one ever talks about it. Her and Colin Firth. And it's from 2013 called Devil's Knot. And it's all yeah. about this. Yeah. But like, I don't remember anyone here talking about it ever. No, like critics, they didn't pan it, but they gave it lukewarm reviews because everyone was just like, sure, it's, you know, a movie. It's serviceable. It's just like a drama about the facts of this thing. But they're like, just watch the documentaries. Like, why would you need anything but the real life story? Oh my God, it's so, so well documented. Yeah, I need to watch all three of them because I know the case evolves and I don't know if the third one goes into them getting released or not, but mm -hmm. like that first one is just, yeah, I mean, it's a tough watch, but it's definitely like, I love a good creepy documentary that just makes your skin crawl. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and there's so many uh, with true crime as well that just, and Joe Berlinger too, his, uh, his work, I know he's got quite a few over the yeah. years of these true crime movies. Um, he did do that Ted Bundy movie. Right. The extremely vile and dot, dot, yeah. dot. With a, what's his face? Zach Efron. Zach Efron. Thank you. I was going to say Hottie yes. McHatterson, but I can't remember his name. Zach Efron is Ted <laughs> Bundy. Yeah, I didn't have much of a desire to see it. It's not like spectacular. Like Zach Efron does very well with that role. And I think he does show that he's got, he, the boy has got some range. He's not just a pretty face. He can do oh, some for sure. yeah. interesting things and should be cast accordingly in more interesting character pieces. But the movie as a whole is kind of like, I, I know there was criticism of it of like, and I, I didn't think it was that spectacular. It's kind of like a quick rundown of the Ted Bundy story, if you know it at all. I would highly recommend just reading the book by Anne Rule, uh, The mm -hmm. Stranger Beside Me. Uh, yes. probably one of the, I've one never of the read it, but I hear it's great. It's great. It's probably one of the tr greatest true crime, you know, serial killer books ever written. But uh, just read because that. Because she like worked with him. She right? knew him. Yeah, they were friends. That's so crazy. Because of knowing Ted Bundy, that's how she made the jump into being a true crime writer. That's her first book. And then from there, she became this chronicler of serial killers and true crime cases. I'd also know her. I've never read it, but I know her book, Green River Running Red, is also a uh, very good True crime. That's about the Green River Killer, as he was called. Guy's real name's escaping me, but that was while she was writing it. It was like an unsolved case, uh, and then they eventually caught the guy. Okay. This week I also watched Promising Young Woman, which mm. is adjacent to horror adjacent. <laughs> mm -hmm. I know it's talked about in like my horror movie group on Facebook, and it comes up in a lot of because it definitely deals with some horrific issues like sexual abuse and things like that. But I, I highly recommend it. I think the performance in it is very good and it is definitely a disturbing film. So just in the same line of not quite horror, but like fucked up, I mm -hmm. definitely highly recommend it. And then I watched some actual horror movies. I watched The New Wrong Turn, Ooh. which was bad our <laughs> friend lucas really enjoyed it although he says it shouldn't be called wrong turn he says it should be called the foundation i think it is what he thinks it should be called because it isn't like i don't know if you call it like a reboot it's not mm -hmm. quite a remake but it's definitely like not the same wrong turn as the original like it's mm -hmm. doing its own thing but sort of taking that vibe of like you're out in the woods and you go down 
you take a wrong turn and end up in some like fucked up territory, but it's not necessarily the same sorts of people that they run into. But it just, I thought, was so bad. So bad. Mm-hmm. So I do not recommend it whatsoever. Not not a good film at all. Um, and then I watched I'm really into the Indonesian horror movies this year, or these la- this last like year and some change. I watched The Queen of Black Magic, which mm-hmm. a lot of these Indonesian horror movies like take a riff on an older Indonesian horror film, like um Satan's Slaves, which is really good. Yeah, it's, it's sort a of remake like, of an older one. It's a prequel to the older one. Oh, okay. So it isn't like it takes the ideas of the story, but it does something different with it. It's like a companion piece. And that's how a lot of these seem to be. Like they don't straight up remake it. They like take a previous one and then they do something different with it, which I'm like, I love that idea of that's how you do a remake is to not just like rehash things, but to flesh out the story a little bit. And I don't know much about the original Queen of Black Magic, but the the remake is a new acquisition on Shudder, and I highly recommend it. Lots of creepy crawly things like scorpions and stuff like that. But I just dig them. They're very different stories. It just, like all three that I've watched, that and Satan Slaves and Impedigor, like just all are so, just like a breath of fresh air with all of the 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 u.s horror which just feels like the same thing over and over again so much of the time yeah it's funny too i'm trying to think the only thing i can remember that's indonesian that i've seen uh horror movie wise is uh there's a flick called the mystics in bali okay uh, yeah it's from the early 80s and i know it'd become like i discovered it in like college i I don't really remember it very well other than it's based on Indonesian folklore about like it's a witch or like a vampire type of thing uh, where it looks like a normal human woman, except like at night her head comes off, uh, oh. and fl- flies around to drink blood and like her guts are hanging underneath the head. Uh, oh, and that, that happens in the movie awesome. and it's super bizarre and you know striking visually when you see it like it's got almost like a strange evil dead kind of quality to the movie but that's the only one i know of and i have you talk that. about it i i see how sue in my head like i yeah. guess probably just because of that head that comes off and bites that yeah. girl in the butt. <laughs> but it, it's a it's a weird movie that's all i remember about it in that scene and what's it called mystics in bali okay so yep so the mystic i guess is the the monster woman, you know, the witch or whatever she is. It's one of those. It's based on their folklore heavily. So, And I think that's one cool thing about foreign horror is that we can sort of get these windows into the the urban legends and the creepy tales from their countries that we yeah. don't necessarily have. Like there are some sort of shared ones, like the boogeyman is sort of in so many different different countries and different cultures, but just in a different way. But then there are these like totally different sorts of tales that are told. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, I immediately think of, do you know Coffin Joe? No. Or the Coffin Joe movies? He was, I, I know they have like a cult following in the US. I can't remember the actor's name, but it was a character done by this actor in Brazil that was uh, very famous, I want to say in the like the 60s through the 80s. Something, you know, for, he spanned decades with it, but Coffin Joe was like, he was like a Dracula, you know, type figure in these movies. Okay. But speaking of like cultural things, like the first movie of his is what's it called? Like at midnight, I'll possess your soul or something like that. Oh. Is like what the English 
title is. And he's like this, the character Coffin Joe is just this creepy, like Satanist type character is what he is like, you know, just doing terrible things. But in the original it's from like the sixties, I want to say, but like it was banned in Brazil or like so outrageous in Brazil, but like you watch it with an American sensibility and you're like, I don't know why they were so offended. Like, sure. He's a jerk, but like, but a lot of it comes from like, he eats meat on a Friday and that's like, oh my God, because Brazil is such a Catholic country. Like, it's all based out of the blaspheming that he does. And okay. Like, an- anti-Catholic or like, you know, contrary to Catholic, like doctrine that he does in there. So that was like outrageous to people. Like, it's too much. So it's funny, these cultural things, like you said, that that's horrifying. Like the blaspheming way mm-hmm. too much for Brazilian audiences at the time where in the U.S. we're like, what? Like, that's... <laughs> That's it, like, but that's considered so heinous at the time and, you know, their culture. So, yeah, and they're fun. They're weird. Uh, I've seen bits and pieces of a couple of them, and they are some strange, you know, out there movies, so. Well, if you're out there listening, I would love to know some of your favorite Indonesian or just favorite foreign horror films, especially that speak to sort of the, the horror legends within certain cultures and your creepiest documentaries please write us at scaring sharing at gmail.com fill us in on your favorites of those two things in particular i would love to know oh hell yeah speak oh man speaking of uh creepy documentaries you just fired off a synapse in my brain have you ever seen it was called snuff or snuff film this is documentary i watched years ago that was about snuff films do they exist Oh, um, no. I just know there's a horror movie called Snuff. Yeah, there's been horror movies, but this was Not a documentary good. and it was like okay. trying to get to the bottom of like, has a snuff film ever actually existed in the way I mean, that- of course it has to have, right? Well, their conclusion was that they're not sure because nothing has ever surfaced in the years that this idea has existed. They've never found a truly, like a movie that was produced, like somebody paid for, like in the movie, Eight Millimeter. You know, uh-huh. where like money exchanged hands to be like, make this movie for me where you kill someone and I can watch it for my enjoyment. That's never come out. I mean, they get off into the weeds of death on camera with like, you know, executions that have been. Yeah, maybe that's more what I'm thinking. But I just feel yeah. like surely someone has pay- like a lot or- like hostile, like someone has paid money to have someone killed on film and they can. It's just like they're going to keep it in their basement so they don't. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just never been because fa- there's been idea like serial killers have like filmed some of their murders like that's come sure. out in court. But usually those things are seized by the police and destroyed mm-hmm. like after the case mm-hmm. is over. Thank God. Yeah, thank God. Or uh, stuff that comes out of like war zones, like war torn countries where militias or terrorists or whatever sometimes film their executions of whatever. And it's like that exists. Well, I would like to watch that. I'm going to have to find it. You try to find it. I don't. I saw it on like Netflix or something a million years ago. Remember like a decade ago when Netflix streaming had like everything. It was like the Wild West. Like you could find freaking any movie on there because... Uh, the companies used to not care about digital content. So they just like gave it away to everybody. So you're like, you could find so many weird ass movies that now I, I can't find them anywhere when I look. There's a really creepy documentary as well called Tickled. Have you ever heard of this? Yes, I have heard of it and I've never watched it. Highly recommend it. Go into it blind. Just know, I mean, mm-hmm. all you have to know is that, you know, that's something to do with tickling. <laughs> it goes some really weird fucking places. Yeah, I know the guy uh, that made it. Um, you do but, yeah, well i no, i don't know him personally but oh, okay. like i know i know his work <laughs> uh he's like from new zealand journalist yeah maybe i found your documentary it's called snuff 
a documentary about killing on camera yeah that's it yes thank you snuff a documentary about killing on camera from 2008 yeah that's it i'm gonna have to check it out because that yeah. i mean it is something fascinating to me but i always think of like eight millimeter yeah know? yeah which was which is you know fun but for as much that's- as a movie like that can be great nick cage performance right there but um yeah no this it's a brutal documentary though warning it's like it'll make you uneasy it's one of those ones that stuck with me after i watched it because uh there's some uh, heinous stuff in there that they cover so and it just seems like i mean hearing about the documentary makes me think oh this is a, a really a documentary it's a movie that makes it seem like it's a documentary because it's the perfect sort of set up for like a person going down a rabbit hole looking for yeah. the unknown which there are so many movies like that sure that, you know it's like i'm going in search of this which i don't know if it exists and just getting in over your head but this is a real document but it is real yeah. it's a real straight up documentary they do talk to this guy though like it's the most chilling stuff in it probably is he was like a a, a porn director and producer and he claims that like guys approached him to make a snuff movie wow. uh, like back in the seventies or something like that. But he like, you know, cut off contact with them. Like, he's like, that's what it seemed like they were trying to push me to do. And I was like, no way they were like these gangster drug dealer types. So yeah, weird stuff in there. Heck yeah. So tell us the weirdest shit that you've seen. The real stuff. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. As opposed to like your Caligula's or whatever we talked about last time we want like, we're looking for documentaries. What's the real most fucked up stuff? The real deal. Hell yeah. Well, let's share our scares with each other. Yeah, let's get into it. All right. Well, give it to me. Well, I'm yeah, I'm first this week, huh? Uh, so this comes to me. And now with the conversation we just had, it's even more timely. But after watching His House and talking about Roger Corman in our last episode, this week I am giving you the House of Usher Starring Vincent Price. Oh, so you know which. Did you already have that planned? I was thinking about it, and now boom, it makes perfect (laughs) sense. Yep, starring Vincent Price. uh, It's probably the most. That one's the most famous adaptation. So House of Usher. I don't know much about it. I want. I don't know if it's about a haunted house or a creep who lives in a house. It's Edgar Allan Poe. I do believe. Yes, it is. And I feel like there's something to people showing up to this house. You know, in my mind, it's going to be like a dark storm brings them there. That old tale. It's a dark and stormy night. Yeah, that's what it seems like. But that doesn't seem quite Edgar Allan Poe. That's more like the 50s like sort of thing. But I don't know. Some people come across a house. I feel like there's someone who lives in the house, like a caretaker and he's a real creeper and weird shit starts to happen. I just, I don't think it's a haunted house story. I feel like it's a creeper story. I in my mind, I keep thinking pit in the pendulum, but I know that that's a separate thing. And that's a different one. And there's the yeah. movie of that too. Yeah. There's one from like the eighties, right? There's one in the eighties and there is one from the sixties also with Vincent Price. So, okay. Oh my God. So yeah, the fall of the house of Usher, is that the name? That's the, yeah, that's the title of the Edgar Allan Poe story. The oh, but movie. this is just the House of Usher? Well, the movie is sometimes referred to as just House of Usher, and then other times you'll see people refer to it as the fall of the House of Usher. So I think they like changed it like in okay. different, mar- different markets that it was released in. But going off that, the original title, I feel like Usher is the name of whomever lives there or owns it, and the fall 
of the house of Usher makes me think that it's about the demise of the house. Like in the end, the house is going to burn or crumble into the earth or it's the demise of the house. So I feel like shit's going to go down with some people because I feel like you got to have some unknowns coming into this house so that Mm -hmm. we can figure out what it is and the mystery and there's going to be evil there, some sort of ancient evil and the house will eventually crumble. And I think that the people, the, the heroes of the story will survive, but I, I feel, I feel like Vincent Price has got to play a creeper in it. So, all right. I don't have a whole lot to go off of, but that's in my mind what it's good enough. I think so. We shall see. We shall indeed. We shall see. Well, we've done like this month is sort of dual part. It's Black History Month, but it's also, as Nico reminded us, Women in Horror Month. So I feel like we've done sort of some decent representation of both of those highlights of this month, but I'm going to continue it because last week we had sort of a dual feature on that because you had Slumber Party Massacre, which is directed by a woman and, you know, about this group of girls. And then we did his house. And then this week I want to give you more in line with Women in Horror Month, Raw from 2016. Raw. Which we just watched a trailer for at Strange Cinema Saturday last week. We did. Let's see if I even remember though, because I kind of like... I already forgot what happens in that trailer. <laughs> uh, I think this is a foreign movie. Like, isn't it like French or something like that? I think maybe, maybe I feel like it's European. Maybe I'm wrong, but I want to say it's European. I know it's about cannibalism of some kind. Uh, Cause I, I do remember seeing images of it, of like a young woman eating like raw meat, like on the internet. So, or like chunks of like whatever. So clearly it's about cannibalism. I think it's a chick becomes a cannibal part of some like cannibal, either it's like kind of like uh, ravenous, where it's an affliction, like a curse that they get uh, or a disease that kind of zombie-ish that turns them into cannibals. Uh, and I feel like there was a medical school in it in the trailer, maybe, or like something to do with a hospital, maybe. So I don't know. So I'm, a medical professional becomes a cannibal. That's what I'm going to say this is about of some kind. Okay. Or somebody tangentially related to the medical community becomes a cannibal. And there is some rampaging of killing and eating people. <laughs> Ah, Rampage. And I think that's what it's about. All right. Well, I am excited for you to watch it, and I hope that you enjoy it. Cool. I hope so. I love, if it's about cannibals, I'm already like predisposed to love cannibal shit. I don't know why that's a subgenre I absolutely love. Because you look at it, like Ravenous, the Texas Chainsaw movies, like there's a bunch of stuff I already enjoy. (laughs) It's got that angle, so I'm about it. Green Inferno, you love Green Inferno. Yeah, I mean that had its moments. I don't love it, but you know, I was kidding. Had... I was just hoping you didn't <laughs> love it, which is why I was joking about you loving it because I think it's trash. Yeah, I don't remember. I saw it like I saw it in theaters. That's the only time I think I've seen that flick. Um, Me too. And the gore I remember was like, oh, cool. If that was about it, like the rest. I of couldn't it was... wait for them to be eaten. I could not wait. Yeah, I remember the characters all being terrible. Yeah. And like, there's like the plane crash. And I was just kind of like, I wish they all just died in the plane crash in the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right there. Um, I would have been fine with that. Yep. Cannibal Holocaust? No. That's... I still haven't seen that. Yeah, it, it's like not great. I yeah. Know. I feel like it carries that legendary, you know, title. Cannibal Ferox. That's another one that's like, that was a ripoff of Cannibal Holocaust. It's almost like the same freaking movie. Another okay. Italian 
it cannibal gore movie but anyway yeah we'll see all right well we'll see you in just a second we'll be back all right nick kastriba take it away see don't you blame the movies movies don't create psychos movies make psychos more creative We're back to talk about some movies. We are. We're going to talk about them. We're going to talk at you and to each other and all just talks. Talks are going to happen. At each other. And, <laughs> um, hey, I do want to say before we get going, we are recording on February 24th, which is Twin Peaks Day. So horror related. I saw that on the social. Yep. So if people are, I mean, you'll be hearing this a couple couple days later, but hopefully you celebrated Twin Peaks Day. It's also never too late. Go ahead and fire it up again because, you know, I'm all about Twin Peaks. I will revisit that thing probably many times throughout my life. So, yeah, it's time for me to do it again. But anyway, we watched some movies. And now yep. we're going to get to it. We're going to share them with each other and you. So get ready, because first we've got... Okay, so the version of this movie I watched, the title screen says The Fall of the House of Usher. Me too. Uh, but on a lot of, like, like on uh, Letterboxd, it just says House of Usher. So I don't yeah. know, like, why there's different titles or how they were used at all. I haven't found any information, like, online to clarify that. Other than, like, I think it, like it started production and like marketing material must've been made that just said house of usher. But by the time the movie actually came out, they changed the name to the fall of the house of usher as I, what I think happened. So okay, that's what I can put together anyway. So we're starting with the house of usher, man. Here we go. House of usher or fall of the house of usher, uh, which by the way, was only 79 minutes long. It was a quick movie. Tagline is Edgar Allan Poe's demonic tale of the ungodly, the evil house of usher. And the synopsis is, after a long journey, Philip arrives at the Usher mansion, seeking his loved one, Madeline. Upon arriving, however, he discovers that Madeline and her brother, Roderick Usher, have been afflicted with a mysterious malady. Roderick's senses have become painfully acute, while Madeline has become catatonic. That evening, Roderick tells his guest of an old Usher family curse. Anytime there have been more than one Usher child, has been more than one Usher child. All of the siblings have gone insane and died horrible deaths as the days wear on, the effects of the curse reach their terrifying climax. Wow, well, that is longer than the movie itself. Yeah, that's a mouthful, but I feel like <laughs> it doesn't really spoil too much because it's this is a pretty straightforward adaptation of the story that already okay. exists. Like, so. so take it away. Your thoughts. Is it normally a story and not a book? Well, I, I believe it's a short story is what it is okay i mean it was it was written by edgar Allan poe but yeah i think it was a short story okay originally so the thing i liked the most about this movie was the poster <laughs> Ooh, i do love the poster it reminds me of 10 cloverfield lane with like the stairs going down and her mm -hmm. in like the coffin looking all horrified i thought it was fine it's one of those movies where i know it's short but it felt really long to me mm -hmm. i think a big part of it is i never like i would almost prefer to watch a movie from like the 20s or 30s as opposed to like this is from when 1960 i want to say like 58 or 59 but yeah going like, into in the that, 60s yeah i guess there's just and i don't know enough about it about that times like that area of filmmaking and maybe it's like the vincent price movies i guess since this is really the first one i've seen 
I'm just like, it's stylized, but not in a way that I liked it when it was very stylized. Like I loved the opening sequence with like the fog. I love that there was an overture. I thought that was so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved the dream sequence. I thought yeah. that was really fun. But like all the rest of it, I was just like, mm. and again, I'm not sure if it's because I've seen so many movies that have probably pulled from these movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I've seen updated versions of these films that were made in like the 60s and of Edgar Allan Poe, like all these borrowed materials. So it doesn't feel fresh or new. It feels to me sort of stale and old. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying I feel like maybe the way I've watched movies in my life, I I just don't fully enjoy it the way I would have if I grew up with them. Yeah. Or if they were what I had seen before, I'd seen so many other things. But then again, I feel like if I rewatch The Haunting, I would really love it. It's been a long time since I've seen The Haunting. Mm -hmm. But it's in that same sort of time frame, isn't it? Yes. Yep. Around the same time. But I remember it being really scary, and this just, I don't know, I was just like, ugh. And I also, how did he meet her? How did he meet Madeline? Who knows? Because it made it seem like she could (laughs) never leave the house. And I'm like, but wait, you met her in Boston. Like, how does that happen if she can't leave? Yeah, I did think about that, too, where I'm like, so apparently she went off to Boston and had to come back for some reason. And that's when I didn't miss it. They didn't like give like, here's how that happened. There's absolutely no explanation. This is like one of those stories that just starts like, oh, clearly there's already been stuff going on, but we don't really need to know about it because this is the actual story here. And I thought Philip was hot. I guess that was another mm-hmm. good takeaway. I enjoyed him. <laughs> I thought that um, Madeline reminded me of Annette Funicello or like Elizabeth Taylor, like mm-hmm. maybe the two of them combined. And I loved the paintings. I did love the paintings. I thought they were creepy, very much like the picture of Dorian Gray, mm-hmm. which, you know, that movie I watched recently, I think it's even older than this. I feel like it's from that's from 45. like the 40s. Yeah. Yeah. So like, there's just something about it going back even further that and like cat people, like mm-hmm. there's something about those older ones that while I may not like love it, want to watch it again. I, there's something about it that I find intriguing and it's like black and white and it's like super stylized compared to what we have mm-hmm. now. But this feels like along the lines of the haunted house movies I've seen, but just nothing particularly new. Yeah, watching it too, I was struck by how I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot. This takes a minute to get going. Like it's a little just talky for a while. But I do enjoy once it gets going, once he's like, she's not actually dead. And the urgency of uh, all that at the end, the running around the house and the and then the dream sequence comes in there of the ghosts yeah. of the ushers past. And, uh, you know, and then the house burns down. That's pretty there was so much like running down to the basement, coming back up, running back down to the basement. Uh-huh. Like I'm like, okay, okay, like I got it, I got it. But okay, let me see if I understand this correctly. So I understand there's like this family curse. She can't like, they're all like afflicted in some way. Maybe. I like the Maybe. idea. I like the idea that they never really like, Roderick could just be insane. Uh, you know what I mean? Like it, okay. they never really get into like, are the ushers actually like, evil like if what's if madeline had survived would she have become some sort of like maniac or something or is it just like roderick's nuts <laughs> and also vincent price looks more like her dad and not her brother well yeah because he was already a little bit old. this is like middle career uh vincent price here 
because uh, you know he'd been acting since like the 30s freaking 30s early 40s like so. i saw some stills online and they were in black and white but it was always in color right were just the stills in black and white they could have been that's probably because it's it. i feel like the color is so important to it because this this movie was a it was american international pictures who were famous for doing uh b movies and this was like a big change for them where like usually roger corman for example the director producer of this would be given money and he'd be expected to crank out like two or three black or white movies that they would then put on a double bill with other things, you know, at the drive-ins and what have you. But they decided, you know, let's step up our game. Let's use that money and make one movie with a bigger budget and do it in color, technicolor, and you know, and that's how they made this. And it paid off because this was a hit when it came out and uh, they went on to make a bunch more uh, Edgar Allan Poe adaptations. This was the first one uh, of okay. Roger Corman and Vincent Price together. So my big question is, Roderick like poisons her so it appears that she's dead yes and then he puts her down in the coffin and locks her up so that she won't leave like so she'll so die she, so she'll die yeah he's gonna kill her okay yeah so he was never going to let her back out he didn't no. want to like like fake the guy out and have no. him leave and then let her back out like no, he was it, like you're not leaving with this guy i'm gonna kill you yes and then she comes back to haunt him a la the telltale heart that sort of thing. well she wasn't actually dead but in the end I she guess. was but i guess in the end she was is then in the end she's like a like a zombie sort of maybe i feel like more fleshed out than a ghost but she's like a a creature now because she has died what i read online is people are just saying she's you know just crazed oh, she's been she's okay. been driven mad now from being locked up down there uh, okay the i can so, get behind that yep so but you know he was gonna kill her because he believes they deserve to die that the ushers shouldn't exist anymore because they're so evil from what he gathers and what he says. But again, like, you know, the story never really tells you if that's accurate or not. You only have him as your narrator and he might be an unreliable narrator. Maybe he's just crazy. So maybe, maybe I guess I didn't even second guess it. Maybe just because those portraits were so creepy. I just liked to believe that they were all they are evil. <laughs> Look at them. Yeah. Bunch of pirates and stuff. <laughs> cool family. Yeah. So I don't know. I found it interesting. I didn't like hate watch it and it wasn't like painful. I just was like, okay, I know where this is all going to go. I mean, just in that sense, I even, I mean, it's called the fall of the house of Usher. Like I yeah. knew. And then the house literally falls. So it literally does. Like I said that it was going to go down, burn and fall into the earth. And that's exactly what it did. <laughs> yeah. And then like so many of these older movies, there's no, like, what's it called? A denouement or whatever uh -huh. that like end coda there isn't one it yeah. just he leaves the house and as he's walking away it ends. it's just done it's just like so many of these older movies they just there's no like aftermath there's no like that no. follow-up i know and you think there should be because he's like well my fiance is dead and <laughs> her brother and the butler are dead and they just sunk into the swamp like all right i'm going back to boston yep well, I guess that's it. <laughs> and it, did he Roderick put the most giant lock ever on her coffin? That was like the biggest lock. Yes, ever. huge, like cartoonishly large, of course. Yeah, so big. Well, okay. I so I did understand the plot correctly. I just mm -hmm. wanted to like make sure I was like, was I missing something? Is it as simple as this? I was intrigued for the first little bit, and then I just sort of I just became less and less interested. I guess. 
gonna, <laughs> you're gonna hear a, him, a similar story about our next movie, but don't let me get ahead of oh. myself here. <laughs> oh, please. Is this your favorite Roger Corman movie? No. So for the first Roger Corman movie, you're not going to give me your favorite one. Well, I gave you the first for your first like Roger Corman directed and also Vincent Price film. I went with like, this is the first one that they did together of, okay. uh, of a cycle of Edgar Allan Poe movies. Uh, while I was at it, I also revisited, there's a movie called The Haunted Palace, which is another one from this same. It's again, Roger Corman and Vincent Price together. Uh, it's from this cycle of movies in the 60s. And then watching that, I'm like, oh, this is actually a much better movie than House of Usher, or at least a more interesting movie, I think. So maybe okay. I was like, maybe I should have gave him the Haunted Palace. But uh, from a historical viewpoint, uh, I think House of Usher is like a touchstone for horror of this era. So now you've seen it. At least I've made you watch that. <laughs> it's, you know, it's in the American Film Institute, like the National Film Registry as a important entry or whatever. So Roger Corman was looking for, because before, what did he do before this? I, I'm racking my brain right now, but things like Attack of the Crab Monsters and It Conquered, the, the like Alien Invasion, low budget black and white stuff. He did, there's, uh, I believe he directed the original Little Shop of Horrors. If I he remember did. correctly. You're right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So he had done, you know, some goofier B movie stuff. But Roger Corman's a very, though he's synonymous with like cheesy monster movies, he is a definitely a very like film literate guy uh, and a student of, you know, the craft of cinema. So he had always had aspirations to make some more prestigious films and this you know movie is the first attempt in this he he went to uh some literary source material edgar Allan poe uh thought you know these had been done before but not not to the scale and with like the gothic like uh grandeur uh that he tried to bring to it so yeah this 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 uh started a whole cycle of movies i want to say there was like six seven eight maybe i don't know how many but for a while, he got hooked up with Vincent Price too, because Vincent Price at this point had like this. I think this there was a downswing in his career. He had done some early horror movies. I don't know if it was his first movie, but one of his main leading roles was in The Invisible Man Returns in the 40s. And then after that, he became known for doing these dramas. You know, young Vincent Price was pretty good looking guy. You go back to the 40s uh, and see some of those uh, leading man roles he did. He became kind of a, you know, hot commodity for a minute. There's a little bit of a lull in his career. Uh, and that's kind of how Corman got him, where he was like looking to revitalize and do something new. Uh, and then from that point on, he became a horror movie guy. Because before that, Vincent Price was mostly doing straight drama let's give him some blonde hair and let him appear younger <laughs> yeah i know i was like so blonde. i was like i was like wow so blonde and in <laughs> fact i think i for some reason i want to say that vincent price was a blonde i don't know if he like dyed his hair through part of his career or what but like i know as a younger man he was like dirty you know a dirty blonde not bleach blonde like that but yeah it was weird <laughs> it's weird to see him like that because i for some reason i always think of dark hair but i've Feel like that could be just the roles he played and they might have you know colored his hair but yeah th this these edgar Allan poe movies really cemented him as like king of horror like from then on he became like a horror movie guy and you, you have the edgar Allan poe flicks with corman you have he does the abominable dr fibes the you know the, the fly was just before this i think so that was like a, a transition he's like the original this kind of stuff. guy in the fly 
or what is he was it's not the original but it was a million years ago yeah no he was he was the brother of the fly in that movie yep so another scientist became the fly and he's like the brother that's like oh no what's happened you know trying to help him figure out what's going on but so yeah you know he kind of transitioned from a leading man into like this is a movie where he, he's going to go going forward for a while. He's going to be like the arch fiend of all these movies, you know, just he's, he's the heavy uh, and he's crazy. And, and he just had a great voice and personality and everything to do that. Uh, so well, that really, you know, cemented him up there with Christopher Lee and Peter Laurie and all those guys. He just comes across like such a big queen to me. I had to look up, but like, mm-hmm. was he gay? And of course he was married, but apparently he told his daughter that he was bi. From stories, he was likely bisexual, bisexual is uh, mm-hmm. what it seems to be believed. People that know a bit about his personal life, it's, you know, he, like you said, he told his daughter that he had had some relationships with men uh, in the past, but. I just would have a hard time buying him as being in a relationship with a woman in a movie, just based on how I've always imagined him. And he was just like that in this movie as well. Like Mm -hmm. he just seems like such a queen. (laughs) Yeah. I think that was kind of just a persona too. He settled into at this point. Cause again, he's a, he's another, he's one of those performers too, where in your mind, this is the era you're thinking of when you think of him, this became so synonymous, like with (laughs) who he was over the top, campy, ridiculous that uh, you go back and look at some of his like straight dramas and stuff. You're like, Oh wow. He had a lot of range and uh, was a pretty uh, gifted actor. So when you see him in like one of his leading man bits from like the forties or fifties, he seems like a totally different performer than what you Hmm. tend to remember, want to think of in your head. So yeah, he was a, he had a master's in theater in acting. That doesn't surprise me from, uh, I, I believe he went to school in England. So he's, I, you know, sometimes people think he's English too, but you know, he was an American. Uh, it's just that he went over and studied in England and acted there so long that I feel like he had a pretty European, if you will, sense about him. So, okay. I mean, I was kind of on in some of my ideas of what the plot would be. Like I said, yeah. it was a haunted house movie. There was going to be some creep who lived there. That was Vincent Price, some sort of caretaker Weird shit would happen. Yeah. The house would, there would be demise. It would fall into the earth. Some sort of ancient evil. The hero will survive. I mean, without knowing anything about it, I kind of nailed it. You pretty much got it. So, okay, here we go. Rate it out of five creepy, piratey family portraits of your ancestors. How many? I would put it right smack dab in the middle at two and a half. Two and a half. Okay. Okay. I was thinking you'd do like three somewhere around there. And what do you give it? I give it a four. I love Vincent Price. I love gothic stories like this. It's funny. It really does speak to our sensibilities where I feel like you're the guy that's like, I like the newfangled, the hot new thing. And I'm the guy that's like, I need the OG. I like the original story and everything else is imitation. So that's it, it's always funny when we find <laughs> things like this that yeah. have been so many derivatives of it where you tend to be like, I'm bored with it because I yeah. want the newer version. And I'm like, I like the original. And the newer stuff is not always my cup of tea. So, But as always, you like to break my cherry. Now I can say I've watched a Vincent Price movie and a Roger Corman movie. Yeah, and I will probably, at some point, I'll probably find some more flicks of Vinny's to give you. There's already off the top of my head, I'm thinking about The Haunted Palace at some point. Yeah, I've never even heard of that. 
I hadn't either until I, I think I discovered it, you know, one of those late night, like TCM Turner classic movies, like things. And I'm like, what's this? Oh, this is pretty cool, actually. So maybe that in the future, maybe Witchfinder General. Oh, that's a good one of his. Oh, no. that, that's crazy. But yeah, so there you have it, folks. The House of Usher. I talked a lot at Brandy Joe. So <laughs> let's fast forward many a year. Yeah. Geo thousand sixteen. Although I think it was released in the U.S. in 2017 for Raw. And the letterboxed tagline is, what are you hungry for? And the summary <laughs> is, in Justine's family, everyone is a vet and a vegetarian. At 16, she's a gifted teen ready to take on her first year in vet school, where her older sister also studies. There, she gets no time to settle. Hazing starts right away. Justine is forced to eat raw meat for the first time in her life. Unexpected consequences emerge as her true self begins to form. Whoa! Oh my god, I was all over the place with this movie. Like, <laughs> let me just say first off, like, I really wanted to like it because I heard that I remember when this came out that it got rave reviews of everyone like it's the best fucking movie ever made. And I, I'm like, how? Like, what did I miss? Like, why is why was it so well received? Um, it wasn't like terrible, but I didn't think it was. I was I was confused. By the end, I just want to read on Letterboxd. I found a user review that was, this isn't even a horror movie. French people just be like that. <laughs> I saw that too. And I agree. That's what I thought. I like this movie started. I'm like, this is so fucking French. Well, you know, the writer director does not. She rejects it being called a horror movie. Yeah, Cause is she French? She is. Yeah. Of course. A French person would say that. She says it was aimed to disturb, but not to scare. She views it as a mix of a comedy, a drama, a teen movie and body horror, which body horror is horror. Okay. Julia yeah. Ducourneau. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I was thinking as soon as I start talking about this, everyone's going to think like Jeremy really hates French people. So what's going to happen? <laughs> but, uh, this movie started going and I'm just like, it has an air of pretension through the whole thing that I'm like, but does it really deserve it? Because it, is it even saying anything? Like, uh, okay, I don't even know how to begin. I feel like this would have been a better movie if it just didn't even have the cannibalism stuff in it, honestly. Like once that starts happening, I'm kind of like, okay, but why, 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 why? That's what drove me crazy is there's like no lore, no explanation. Like, so, okay. So she eats raw meat and suddenly she wants to eat people and can't stop herself. But also the sister, was the sister a cannibal? Yes. yes. Right. Yes. So the sister was also a cannibal. Cause that just comes in without like much explanation. It's All right. Just well, like, I'm going to have to get spoilery. I was going to like, wait till the end of the conversation. But if you're listening and yeah. you want to watch this at some point, you should leave now, leave the yeah. room. Turn okay. It off. So here's what, I mean, I feel is fairly obvious, but maybe it's not, or maybe you're like, yeah, I got that. But what the fuck the mom's a cannibal. Yeah. Therefore, the daughters are. Therefore, that's why they've always, she raised them as vegetarian, because if they were to get a little bit of taste of meat, yes. then they would crave it. Uh -huh. The husband at the very end is like, honey, you'll find a way to live with this. And then he shows that he lets that mom just bite him sometimes. Yeah. Okay. I feel it's like a way, like it, it's I got like it. It just didn't mean down. anything to me because I'm like, See, why? I think it's amazing <laughs> oh. i found a review that says it's from um variety catherine brain she says it's suspiria meets ginger snaps and a muscular yet elegant campus cannibal horror story uh -huh. yes <laughs> see i was more interested in like the college aspect and oh i guess God, this is like it was 
crazy. I'm like, I'm always fascinated by hazing, but like that school, I was like, yeah, fuck me. I would hate to go there. That sounded, that was like interesting, but the can again, it's like just the lack of like, I guess they're cannibals. Okay. Why? Like, I feel like this movie was trying really hard to be allegorical somehow with it too. Uh, but was it, maybe it wasn't, maybe it was just coming off as pretentious. I don't know. I mean, I feel like it's very much like ginger snaps, but so much better. <laughs> Like, I didn't even remember about this sister. Like, I would have never, I probably wouldn't have picked it this week since we just did Ginger Snaps. But as I'm watching, I'm like, this is the better version of Ginger Snaps. Mm -hmm. Like, there's these sisters. I feel like it is somewhat allegorical for that coming of age. You start to come into your own sexuality. I feel like that's what the metaphor is sort of being and then there's all this talk about like eating disorders like i feel like there's some stuff in there but i feel like a lot of it is this coming into your own discovering like your sexuality and and things along those lines and like yeah. the dad says like an animal that's tasted human flesh wait yeah he's talking about the dog and he said an animal that's tasted human flesh isn't safe if he likes it he'll bite again and that's like the whole like reason they were never supposed to have meat and then like the sisters are like dogs towards each other like when they fight like i just i think it's so cool i and i love coming of age movies and it's just uh -huh. like a really fucked up coming of age movie i love it yeah like i wanted it to go uh, see these were the expert like once she was a cannibal like if they were gonna go that route i wanted her running the fuck around like biting faces off and shit like i wanted it to go crazy but it doesn't it's because she sort of deals with it better than her sister her sister like causes people to crash yeah and i also love that it starts off with that car crash and you're like what the fuck was that, that yeah that was cool with this and then yeah. later you're like oh that's what the sister does she doesn't like eat people around her because they're her friends but she'll go out and kill random strangers and just like eat them so she yeah. tries to get the sister in on that and the sister's like no like i know that i love the taste of blood but like i'm gonna handle this a little better like my yeah. deep dark secret like i'm not going that hurts people see this i'm a meat guy too like i love my meat and this movie <laughs> was like it just made me hungry I'm like i guess it's supposed to be gross like i saw like i kept reading people were like audience members threw up at screenings and i'm like what a bunch of wimps like this isn't even that like shocking this movie like have you guys not watched the jackass movies like i think that's more like gross <laughs> than things in this like so she put her hand up a cow's butt and like stuff like that it's just oh i don't think that's the grossest of it yeah. i think her like gnawing on that finger is pretty disgusting again and then i'm just like i'm hungry so i'm twisted but <laughs> you're a ravenous boy i'm a raw boy okay? yeah that's what's that's what's happening like it, see too when it got to the dad at the end like it's not that i predicted that was like the twist but it was pretty like oh so that's it just mom's a cannibal too i was kind of like okay well I, I wanted more. I wanted more reveal out of there. Like it's a curse or something on the family or some sort of real explanation. Some lore, man. I need my lore. I do feel like this was an interesting movie, though, to watch on the heels of shout out to Planet Ant's Strange Cinema Saturdays. This past installment, they did Troll 2. And there was a lot of discussion about how if people aren't familiar, go watch Troll 2. It's a bad movie masterpiece. Uh, you'll laugh your asses off. Truly is. But the the director of Troll 2, like it was a statement against vegetarians, he said. The Claudio Fragasso, mm -hmm. the Italian writer and director of Troll 2, 
And that's why the trolls turn the people into like plant mush and eat them. Cause I guess vegetarians are evil in his mind, but it was weird to watch that movie and then watch this shortly after where I'm like, I feel like there is a statement about vegetarianism in here as well. Like vegetarianism is good. Cause if you eat meat, you will become a cannibal. <laughs> I don't know. I was all over this movie. I was like invested and then just shit happened. Uh, I saw another letterbox for re uh, reviewer that was like cannibalism aside. I just want to shove this girl in a locker. And wow. Like, yeah. I was like, yeah, that was my feeling. Sometimes I was like, yeah, she's kind of annoying. I'm not like invested uh, in her. I thought the I sister was, her. I thought the sister was way cooler. Oh, um, see. And I hate this sister. I thought she was, she was pretty badass. I do love at the end. I also like really love like that showering scene. And then I like that they don't go really too much into the aftermath, but you know where it ends up. Yeah. I, I just appreciate that as opposed to like getting heavily into it. It's like, I just love that so much. I just think it's so weird and cool. And I really don't like pretentious movies. I, it definitely has like does its things with its visuals and such, but I feel like they're all warranted. I don't, I'm not like, ugh, get over yourself personally watching it but like i guess i could understand someone watching it and getting that feeling but i did not and i'm not usually into that sort of a thing yeah the movie it looks good that's one thing where i'm like i've kept fluctuating where i'm like i started at this star rating now i'm taking stars away now i'm here because it just i don't know why i had such an issue with this it just felt uneven going through the story where like moments i'm engaged but then it did stuff where i'm like i'm not anymore like the scene what the fuck was the scene where she's under the covers freaking out and then it's like it's like somebody's hitting the cover yeah i wondered that too that sounds like like with a chain yeah i feel like she's like detoxing that? and she said that was like the hardest scene for her to film not uh -huh. like detoxing but she's like like craving it but doesn't want it i feel like because i think she said the director told her to watch like detoxing scenes from train spotting i've never seen train spotting so i don't oh, know that movie's wild yeah i saw that i read that too in a, like a trivia thing but i was just like what is it because i was like girl just pull the covers off see who's out there because i was like thinking she was being attacked like it was another hazing thing but like no yeah but i think it's like in the mind i think that that's like yeah. a, a mental thing as opposed to a, a literal thing it was weird. And her scratching. Oh, my God. Her scratching was just so like, I was like, oh, gross. And yeah. And, and it's weird, like with us having just done Slumber Party Massacre, which is another horror movie, you know, directed by a woman like this is a movie where like there is a lot of like what I felt was male gaze, as they say, type stuff with these girls that I'm like, it is interesting that it's directed by a woman. But like, here's their butts a ton and like their boobs and stuff and it's like yeah but I, their boobs were like oh i'm taking off my shirt and you kind of see it from the side it wasn't like oh like zoom up on my titties like slumber party massacre well i mean when she's like in bed and it's just her ass at the camera like in her panties those were moments where i'm like this is staged. yeah it never crossed and, my mind it, well uh, <laughs> oh what like <laughs> because i'm a homo you don't think i think about these things i, I don't know i think it might uh you know, you do think things of certain leading men that, of course, I don't think about. So, you know, <laughs> that's what I'm getting at. But I, 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 I don't agree. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It just felt like, OK, like I don't now I don't know if that's a subversion, you know, like was it an active on her part to like play with that? in a way that like, I feel like certain stage, the male gaze again, using that phrase is, uh, uh, who is that Laura Mulvey, uh, coined the film, you know, theorist, 
uh, writer. I, I don't know if it's, th that's so built into cinema because it's such a, you know, uh, everything is so patriarchal that we do, especially art, like for a female director to come in and then stage things that way. Like, is it a critique back, you know, like make a, a reflection back on like uh, the way things are normally done. Like I'm self-aware of this. So I am going to show them in these vulnerable moments, but in a way to comment on it. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with it, but there, yeah, it was just interesting. It, it was, it was different, man. I mean, that it is. I think that's why I like it so much. Yeah. It, it's, it, it was, it was wild again. I don't know what it was trying to say. It's trying to say something. Growing up is hard. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of what I came with. Is, is it just like school sucks? Like, you know, like it's a Blink-182 song <laughs> or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I love it. And I, I really thought you were going to like it. So, but you sort of, I mean, you got a lot of it right. Mm -hmm. A chick becomes a cannibal. I mean, you knew a lot from the trailer, of course, that she yeah. eats raw meat. Yeah. That it's like an affliction or a curse that they get. But you imagine rampaging and eating of people. That's what I wanted. That was my hope. I wanted a full on rampage, like at the party, really I was like, did. I wanted to start biting necks and shit. Like that would be cool. I, Cause I was hoping it was going to amp up towards like a Heather's type thing where they're going to go for like something big, you know, like, uh, not blow up the school of course, but like the idea of like, we're going, this is going to be something crazy is where we're going. It is interesting it. though, because I feel like ravenous is similar in it's like artsy sort of vibe and yeah. what how it goes about yet i love this and i don't like ravenous and you love ravenous mm -hmm. and i didn't it's funny i don't know but i, I, don't know I feel like is. one's like the more masculine viewpoint and one's the more feminine viewpoint and i of course like the the feminine one and you like the masculine one yeah maybe that's it maybe this is a big psych study of us now you know what i mean <laughs> i think it is this is all because this like is. i was like oh you like cannibal movies I think that it's like real gross. I, I thought it was like, oh, well, this is the better ginger snaps. And we didn't much care for that. Like, I was like, sure, you were going to love it. Yeah. So I don't know that I hate it. I just have a, like, again, this is a like, I do this sometimes, man. I get a movie where you sounds like I hate it, but I'm like, I can't stop thinking about it. So I guess that means I liked it. So we'll see how long this one lingers in my brain afterwards. I might come back in a couple of weeks and be like, oh, uh, actually, this is great because I can't stop pondering this movie but uh we'll see all right well out of how many sliced off fingers do you give this i think i'm gonna shock you i give it a three okay i thought you were gonna give it a four i mean yeah just, you know, oh beforehand it. yeah going into it but because yes. i was teetering on like how far down do i go but you know no i i think it deserves a three because it's as much as like all of my problems are story problems, you know, really, it's like, just, I don't know the things that did aren't like, this was a movie that really viscerally hit me with like, I wouldn't have done that. I don't want that to happen. I want this to happen. Um, sort of thing, but it's a, it's a beautiful looking movie. It is really beautiful. Like, and I the actors, like, yeah. the actors performances are too much, uh, are too good to, you know, take away too much from that. Because they all did great. Um, I don't know any of them. I don't know any of these actors. I guess they are probably all French and Belgian, maybe. I saw that this was French-Belgian co-production. Yeah, I think they filmed it there. Yeah. Well, I give it a four and a half. And I actually looked at my all-time top ten. Like, the, today I was sending it to somebody, as I often do. Uh -huh. And I was like you know what, this is moving up into my top 10 because I loved it even more. This this is the second time I watched it. I saw it the first time probably two or three years ago. And I was mm -hmm. like, I love this so much. So I moved it on up to number 10. It's in my top 10 now.
I do feel like I'm like, I was having that moment though, where I'm like, what am I missing? Like everyone loves it and I'm not crazy about it. Like, what did I miss? So I don't know. Well, that's exactly how I felt with Ravenous. So yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> I, I was like, this is like a fucking repeat of that episode, but flipped. Cause I know everyone in the world is like, Ravenous is great. And you're like, I yeah. don't like it. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I'll like, this is again, a movie where I'm like, I don't know if I'll ever watch this again either, but we'll see. Well, that's yeah. the beauty of of life, Jeremy. Mm -hmm. You never do know what's going to happen. So, um, And we've had too many weeks of us feeling pretty much the same way on our movies. So, Yeah, here you go. Here's another one. Um, <laughs> we're getting back to it. I hope we torment each other for a while again. Uh, I have fun with that. Yeah. Next week's going to be fun. So come back and uh, see what it's all about because it's our 20th episode. Yeah. Two zero already. Yeah. We're going to have some, some fun surprises for you. So yeah. So show up. And if you're listening to this, um, check out strange cinema Saturday. If you're listening to this, the day it drops on Friday, the next day we'll be voting yes. on the movies. We'll be watching the following Saturday. And again, you can go to our link tree. Um, which it's in our bio on Instagram or your friends with either of us on Facebook, we put it up there or just write mm -hmm. us and ask us for it. Um, but there's a link to strange cinema Saturdays on discord or actually it's the planet ant on discord, which is strange cinema Saturdays is through the planet ant discord channel. Yes, I believe that's all correct. Yeah, if you are listening on Friday, then tomorrow is Saturday, uh, and we are voting on six trailers I picked that are all absurd. So <laughs> tune in and vote on what is going to be viewed for our takeover. What crazy ass movie got picked. So that's right. And as always, right. write us scaring is sharing at gmail.com. Follow us on the Insta, hit us up, rate us, subscribe to us, review us, anything you want. A would love anything, yep. anything, even if you hate us. In fact, yeah. I welcome it. I want the hate mail. I want to deal with that. Yeah, if you, if you hate, <laughs> listen to us. I mean, First of all, sorry. <laughs> That's a sorry, not sorry. That's a commitment to sit sure through is. whole episodes and be like, I'm fucking pissed about this. <laughs> well, Jeremy, it's always a joy. Always keep sharing the scares, everybody, and watch all the horror movies. Because scaring is sharing. That's right. We'll see you next week. Till next time. Bye. Bye-bye. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.